Welcome back to Happy Home with Dan and Latane. This is episode three. We are a real estate couple that focuses on faith, family, and financial freedom. So today, let's talk about some of our biggest successes over the years in our real estate journey. Where do you want to start? Let's talk about um, our first um, big apartment complex we bought. Oh, that failure. That was a success, by the way. <laughs> no. <Yeah>. Oh, <laughs> you're talking about uh, Cedar Lane. I am. All right. Well, that was what? Probably about seven years ago? I think we bought it in 2017, I believe. Okay. So we've been doing real estate, what, 15 years? Yeah. And this is probably one of our bigger successes. It is. And the funny thing is, when you first looked at it, <coughs> we were going to buy it, and we backed out. Yep, because the guy that owned it, and this was a, I mean, it was so rough. If you remember, um, it, like, you drove by it, and you thought it was a war zone. I mean, yeah. there were shopping carts out in the parking lot and everything else. So it wasn't like, you know, he had all kinds of people wanting to buy this. But he, when he told me that he wanted me to pay the back taxes of $60,000. We were done. Yeah, we were done. <laughs> and, uh, like, we were, what, a day away from closing? I, we were close, very close. And, uh, you know, we were scared to death, didn't know what to expect, and then— uh, I don't know, I guess it was a month or two later, mm-hmm. his son came back and called me, and he's like, look, I've called this guy, this guy, this guy. I was like, mm, so you've called everybody, and now you're desperate for <laughs> some dumb idiot to buy it. And, uh, you know, we ended up buying it. Obviously, we didn't pay for the taxes. No. And then we also got a price reduction. We did. So we that did. was the first success. Um, so the other success was with that... There was only 14 units, mm-hmm. and there was a six-unit literally on the same property right now. Same next. parking lot, everything. Yeah. It was just deeded different. What happened was that six-unit had gone to a tax sale, yeah. and somebody had bought it. And we, I don't even remember how we did it, but we hunted down that guy. We did. And found out that he would be willing to sell it. Probably paid more for it than we probably should have because it was... Roach infested. Um, I mean, what, two units were rented. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was bad. But we were able to get that. Yep. So we had 20 apartments and what used to be a restaurant. Yep. The funny thing is, when we were at Lee, that restaurant was fairly popular because... Um, I've never eaten there. I <laughs> went and got a milkshake one time with a friend, so <laughs> that's how I knew what it was. I'd be scared to think that I did eat there. Well, that was a long time ago, so... Um, <laughs> But, you know, the cool thing about that uh, that property was, you know, for so long we had been buying single-family houses. You know, we had bought a couple of duplexes mm-hmm. here. We had bought a couple of duplexes there. Um, but we were able to scale. We were able to buy something one time. Yep. And then we were able to go in and do extreme renovations. We did. And take this property from very cheap, very ugly, where the police hated coming, to when we ended up selling it a couple years ago, I mean, it was just a well-oiled machine. It was, but in the midst of that wonderful success, it took us three years to get it up and running because every apartment was a complete gut. Complete. Um, 
and it was quite extensive down to we had to strip the restaurant that became pretty much an empty space and um it was it was quite extensive it was more than we had ever done um but you kind of got a pattern down you knew what you wanted in each apartment mm-hmm. so we were just repeating it and we repeated it 19 more times and so why in your mind was it a success from going from single-family houses to going to a 20-unit? Because, you know, I have my thoughts of why I think it was a success, but why do you feel like well, it was? Well, I'll say for that one particularly, we were looking at cash flow, and we had found the niche of doing weekly rentals, and we did that on all of those. We set up where we had all the utilities on. We even fought the hard-fought fight of getting internet over there, um, and that was, which we supplied, we supplied we did. utilities, internet and cable. So it was kind of a one-stop shop. We had them. it all. So when someone wanted to move in, all they had to pay was their first week's rent and whatever deposit we were requiring at the time. And they were good to go. And they just came in and paid every weekend. And once we got it to where it was all finished we had good tenants in, um, and the thing is, is once we got it there, the tenants were great. They were. And um, we had a great property, and the cash flow was good, and that was kind of where we were heading on that property. So I look at it, it was excess, a success in, you know, we were cash flowing really well, and that was kind of our goal on that one. Right. So. But then in the long run, it became a equity it did. play for us. It did. Where... Because we had 20, 20 times, you know, $100,000 a unit. Now you're at a $2 million valuation. Yeah. And so we were able to sell that. Yeah. And that was the one that springboarded us to allow me to quit my job. Exactly. Um, it so did. to me, that's why it was a success is that it allowed me to leave my W-2 job and us feel it, comfortable being able to pay off. Yeah. It checked off all those boxes that we wanted done to feel good about you walking away from your job. And um, we were able to do that once we yeah. sold that. So that was a really good good uh, property. Yeah. So another one that we didn't write down, but I think we should talk about because I thought it's a cool success, is Rustic. I agree. <laughs> I um, agree. You know, so I was looking, I think at the time it was in the real estate review, you know, a local little paper that had all the different ones. Now that's not a, even a thing. Yeah. You know, but I was looking through there and saw a duplex for sale. And I called the realtor and they're like, yeah, we've got 10 of them for sale. Or I'm sorry, no, it was eight. They had 10. They had sold two off. Yeah. And I was like, well, I want to buy all eight. Uh, I came to you and I was like, dang, let, let's do this. And you're like, Dan, we can't afford this. This yeah. is crazy. But in reality... That was the easiest one. That's funny because through all the years of every bank loan we've done, everything has been such a struggle and has taken so much longer than we ever expected. That one literally took less than 30 days, and it was the most money we had ever asked to borrow. And it was super easy. Like we were, how in the world, why would the (laughs) bank give us that money? And they did. I mean, it was crazy. But that was a success because we were able to get at uh, eight duplexes all in one little complex. Yeah. You know, now they're worth double what they were when we bought them. I agree. You know, so that was just a cool success because once again, and that was actually even before Cedar Lane. It was. You know, so we were going from single family flipping. We bought a bunch of these duplexes 
And then we went and bought Cedar Lane. Yeah. You know, and then from Cedar Lane, we sold that out. And then we got into storage. We did. You know, and then so, well, hey, let's do this. Let's go back. Okay. Let's go back to our uh, flip first. Okay. Mouse Creek. Second flip we ever did. Yep. And we bought it the day we were closing on our first flip. So to me, that in itself is a success. I agree. Because, you know, we never flipped. We never bought a bunch of real estate. But literally the day we were closing, we were already buying our next one. We were. And this one had some land with it that we were able to subdivide off some lots And come to find out, because the house was on a lot and we developed three lots, it was considered a subdivision. So to this day, those four houses are known as Ethan's Cove. Which is our our oldest son. son. Yeah, so. (laughs) Um, But that was cool because, you know, we did that first flip. As we said before, you know, we made that money on that first one. We paid up all of our bills that we were behind. We did. You know, we put some money in the bank to kind of get us through. But it was, I think it was 30 or 45 days from the time we bought it to the time we got the house fixed up. Yeah. And I'll never forget when we sold it, we thought we were going to end up having to sell it off three different parcels. We did. And one guy came. He did. He ended up buying it Uh all. Um, And that was something that we made a... A, a good chunk of money. We did. You know, 45 days later. So it was kind of that springboard of, you know, kind of what got me addicted to flipping mm-hmm. was we made money on that first one, that second one. And then what was crazy, and this is, you know, obviously we'll go deeper and deeper into stuff, but our third flip was the <laughs> house across the street yes, from our first flip. It was. You know, and and I'll never forget when that guy called me. So what I would do is Every day when I would go over and work on the flip, yeah. I would just take a three-by-five note card, you know I mean, real sophisticated, yeah. and write on there, hey, I'd love to buy your house. I have cash. <laughs> News alert. That's a lie. Yeah, we did it. Um, thank <laughs> God the bank did. But, you know, I would say I have cash, you know, would love to talk to you. I mean, the grass was three foot tall. Windows were busted in. It was. And I'll never forget the day that he called me. He was like... Hey man, I've got like 40 or 50 of these postcards saying that you want to buy it. Why don't you come, you know, talk to me? And so what was really cool was when we sold that second flip, we had that one lined up. We did. So that was a success. You it know, was. just those successes building on themselves. Right so. at the beginning, really trying to just keeping it moving, really just kind of got us into the momentum of, okay, this is something we want to keep doing. So yeah. yeah. So Okay, now we can talk about free will. Let's um, talk about storage. Totally, totally different than what we'd ever done. It was. Um, you know, when I started hearing about storage, we didn't know what we were doing once again like we were with, you know, residential. So, you know, once I found a mentor yeah. in storage, it just all kind of clicked. The thing that made him, what he said to me was, being in residential, you know, the the glorious thing of, oh, you're a landlord, you're, you know, you have all kinds of money, but they don't realize how much this phone rings saying, hey, my toilet this yeah. or this or, yeah. hey, the dog's barking next door. Yeah. What I was sold on was the simple fact that um, he said he threw his phone in the, the river 
and he had a call center for his storage facility. So that's when we really started diving into it. And I will say, when you found the storage mentor and started following him and talking with him, it took us a while still, again, that seems to be our theme, of finding a facility because you you were looking at so many deals and plugging in numbers, and then in the end, it just didn't seem like it was going to work. And he kept encouraging you, you'll find it, you'll find it, just keep plugging away. And it was like, was it about a year, about a year. that you we found this one? And what was crazy about it at the time, we found it and had it under contract, and then uh, the pandemic hit, and we kind of freaked out because we didn't know where everything was going to go, and yep. we kept pushing off closing. Yep. And we did finally close. We did. And started moving forward on it. And what's so cool about that one is, you know, it was 10,000 square foot, which in storage, everything is based on square footage. Mm -hmm. So it was 10,000 square foot, small facility, but there was room to expand just that small little building that we did on the lower level. And then we had an upper level that was... Wide open to do anything. But it was hills like this and it had trees on it and everything else. Well, come to find out, we thought, oh, this will be easy to develop. (laughs) Um, a lot of money later, yeah. um, we figured out. But the cool thing was, is, you know, we bought that one, um, you know, for $225,000. Mm-hmm. And once we got it all done and got it, you know, the upper level developed and everything else, you know, we got that appraised, you know, for $1.8 million. 1. 8. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously there was cost in between. There you was. know, we built another building. We redid the buildings that were there, you know, but, fencing, development, all that kind of stuff. But when we were looking at it originally, I mean, we knew we were going to add value. I mean, obviously putting some money into it, adding some units and adding value. We had no clue. And when that appraisal came in, you and I both about hit the floor. We're like, wow, are you kidding that we have just turned this property into an almost $2 million property. And we just, we had no clue we were going to be able to add that much. It was amazing. But even though that was such a great success, there was a lot of frustration. There was, because it took a long time to get the land cleared, to find people to do it. It took... It took a lot, and I w- that one was also. I mean, every pro- I feel like every property, every project, we have learned something new. So that one, we uh, bought box wells, but mm-hmm. we didn't buy them new. We bought them used, and so we had to find a company to transport them because so, it was three two hours two three hours away. Yeah, yeah, and so we're renting big machines here. We rented a big machine there to load them and unload them. I mean, all of that was a learning curve in itself, but we got them all here, and they added a great space up to the, you know, to the uh, storage facility. And Well, and the other thing is, you know, we look at it as a success, but during it, we felt like it was a failure. We did. Because part of the reason why we did the box wells is because... When we went to go get drawings done to build those buildings on the upper level, you had setbacks, you know, state road. We didn't realize state road, you had to stay off 50 foot. Yeah. You know, so here we are again. And and I go back to the thing that I always say, you know, God just blessed us even through some of our, and and I don't recommend this to people, (laughs) of, you know, try to find information out 
you know, before. Yeah. The, the good thing is, is it was a deal with just the lower level. It was. You know. It was. But to me, I feel like it was just a situation of God just, you know, blessing us and saying, okay, you know what? You expected to be able to develop that. And what did we were able to but it just looked different. It looked totally different than what I expected. Yeah. Um, but even if we couldn't have built up there, it was still a good deal. It but was. God just blew our mind saying, you know what? You paid 250000 for this, but now it's worth $1.8 And this was also, in the midst of all this, them, they're doing an expansion on a, on a roadway here. And a storage facility had to tear down one of their buildings. Yep. So... You, by crazy connections, were able to go buy that metal building for pennies on the dollar, deconstruct it, and move it up there. And it was yeah. a climate-controlled building. Yeah. So which, it allowed us to have non-climate, climate, and then we had the box wells, which were the portable. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's it was just a hodgepodge of stuff, <laughs> but it ended up coming together and looking, you know, really good and yeah. being a really cool facility. Yeah, so that was, you know, and that in our storage part of our real estate, that was a phenomenal success that we were able to do that. And we learned so much. Yeah. In Nothing was standard, though. Nothing. I mean, even from, I mean, if I just go back and look at each one, you know, Mouse Creek, you know, we subdivided. We that did. wasn't the standard. You know, most flippers go in, they want to paint the pig, put and it on the market on. and go on. Yeah. You know, where we kind of look for what what's other options that we have. And we've also been able to take we, I mean, we were at a point at one point that we would just buy whatever. If it, if we even thought we could make it work, we would buy. And then, like, <laughs> we just kind of, you know, worked through it afterwards. So Mouse Creek, we did we subdivided lots. Free will storage, we just made it work <laughs> no matter what was going to happen. Um, Cedar Lane, okay, we're not going to make them monthly. We're going to make them we'll weekly. Make them weekly. And then we're going to include utilities and cable and internet, yeah. um, you know. Who does this crazy stuff? <laughs> you know, but that's the quirkiness of us. It is. And, and, it, and how we've been able to think outside the box, been able to create something that is not traditional. And, and it goes back to kind of our, who we are, yeah. is we're not that traditional. Because we have traditional flips that we've bought, we've Absolutely. fixed up, and we have flipped, and we've made money on it. But the, the funny thing is that's not what comes to mind when we talk about our biggest successes in real estate. Yeah. It's these quirky little deals that just in the end turned out so well, but it was crazy to get there to the end. Yeah. So. And that's the way we found our way in the market. It you is. know, we, we didn't have a lot of money, so we had, I mean, even our first apartment building, you know, we... Bought because nobody else wanted to buy it. Yeah. But it was so cheap that we could afford it. Absolutely. But we had to make it work. Absolutely. And the only way to make it work was a lot of hard work. It was. Um, dealing with a lot of tough people. Um, but yet, when we got done, it was a lot of awesome people. It was. That just wanted a good place to live. Mm -hmm. That is funny that still to this day, we have... Two people that lived there that live in other of our properties, as well as when we see some of those tenants out um, in public, you know, at Walmart or something like that, you know. They do. They say it, to, It's still family. It I mean, it, they were family to the us. The day that we sold and went and told them, I mean, how many of them were crying? Oh, man, oh, that one girl we, crying. We just want you as our landlord because it is, it's personal to us and it always has personal. been. So we've yeah. kept it that way for a reason. 
Yeah. So, but, you know, it's fun to talk about and look at and the successes have been fun, even the quirky ones. <laughs> yeah. And just trying to look and see if there's anything else that might be a success that we're forgetting, um, you know, because to me, I feel like we've had a lot of successes even in our failures, I feel like there's been successes. I agree. Um, can you think of any other projects that we were? I can't. I can't no. think of any other. These are the big ones that come to mind when we talk about our, our biggest successes through the years is these quirky little projects that ended up turning out really well for us. Yeah. So, Okay. But, well... All right. I guess producer we'll... Jeremy has a question. Sure. Okay. What? How would you rank like the types of investments between storage and flips, or just having tenants? What has been the most successful? Do you think? Like, if you had to rank them, say, like we we've, hmm. we've been really successful at this. Like, how would you do that? Um. Well, it it all is kind of a matter of perspective because success is for us in residential. I mean, we a success for us, one of our markers has been cash flow, and that turned into weekly rentals with our residential. With storage, you know, it was a lot more hands-off, which was something that was really nice because we were so busy with residential, so that was a big success. Um, and we had a lot of that kind of more streamlined where we weren't doing as much, and you could scale it bigger because it's Yeah, it's so bigger. you could gain equity quicker yeah. in storage. Than you could, you know, buying single family houses. Yeah. Um, but, you know, multifamily, we were able to scale pretty well. We were. I mean, and that's where, again, looking at what you're looking for in perspective, because a single family home, you are not going to scale like that. You're going to gain some equity, but you're not going to gain, you know, $100,000 in a normal market over a normal period of time. You know, but with that being said, too, is I. I think you have to look at your personality a little bit. You do. Because what we did with the weekly rentals, a lot of people would not. They would You know, for that cash flow that we got, a lot of people wouldn't. It's just not worth it to them. Mm -hmm. Where it was for us, we were in the daily grind, and I did not have an outside job, so it was a lot easier for us to self-manage that because I could do a lot of it day to day. Yeah. The paperwork side and, you know, and I— a lot of people, even though there's cash flow there, are not willing. They don't want to do that. And, yeah. you know, it just it does come down to personality and what you want to do and yeah. what you don't want to do. You know, storage lends to, you know, you don't have toilets, refrigerators, heating exactly. and air units, you know. So I think I think you just have to look at your personality and figure out what you want to do and what makes sense. I agree. Um, but I, I think for us, what's funny is there were things that we liked in both. There was. And also for us, it's oh, 20 plus years. Things have changed for us over the years. I mean, what what we were willing to do 15 years ago, we might not so much be willing to do now. Right. Um, you know, it, where are you at in your journey in life and where are you at and what are you wanting to do outside of your own job? And a, a lot of it comes down to figuring out what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do and what you want to gain out of that. Yeah. So, but all Anything right. Anything else, producer Jeremy? Okay. Okay. <laughs> 
So next time, we'll talk about failures. Lots of them. Yes.